Hi there, everyone. This is Fox 2's Roop Raj. On the November 30th edition of Let It Rip, we talked about the two-year anniversary of the Oxford school shooting. We talked to one mom who says her kids are safer, while others say more needs to be done. Are the laws currently in the books in the state of Michigan that will be enacted in a few months enough to prevent another Oxford from happening again? We're taking a closer look. And with that, let's let it rip. Welcome to this special edition of Let It Rip. We're joined now by Oxford parent Emily Bush, former Detroit School Board President Anthony Adams, Bill Cusick with Action Impact Firearms Stores, and live via Skype, attorney Todd Flood, who represents some of the victims' families, Fox 2 anchor and attorney Charlie Langton, who's covered this terrible tragedy in the last two years, joined us as well. We all have been covering it. We've all been watching it. And I guess the first question we want to ask is to a parent, to a mom, who, by the way, whose son is here with us in the studio, and we welcome you as well. Do you feel any safer with your son going to school in Oxford schools here in the state of Michigan today, any safer than two years ago? I think absolutely the school has taken measures to ensure our kids' physical and psychological safety. Um, we have many measures that were put in place um, after the tragedy, so absolutely when it comes to physical and, in addition, psychological safety. Absolutely. I think you could probably say it's one of the safest schools in America at this point. When you look at what's happening right now in the state of Michigan, we have Michigan gun safety reforms that have gone into effect. Mm -hmm. um, safe storage requirements are in now. It's signed by the governor. Universal background checks for all guns sold in Michigan. Extreme risk protection orders. Anthony Adams, in addition, expanding gun restrictions for those convicted of domestic violence counts. All of that. Does that make the kids safer in our schools? Uh, it should, but it really doesn't because we have not yet begun to address the culture of violence that permeates our society. When you look at the types of music that our children are listening to, the violent content uh, that's on the internet, and what are we doing, what are we saying to our young people in our communities when we glorify violence in our own community? So until we begin to address the cultural issues on glorifying violence within our community, our children will never be safe. We're going to get to Bill in just a second here, but I want to get to Todd Flood, who represents so many of these family members. And by the way, to the Bush family and to all the families of Oxford, we say we are with you, Oxford Strong, here tonight. And uh, that goes for you, Todd, as well. You are in close touch with all these family members. Um, what are they telling you tonight in terms of two years later where they'd hope we'd be and where we are? I can only speak for the Watson family. And I, I spoke with Jared and Linda earlier today. Linda's having a tough time. Uh, it's, this is not easy. Uh, this anniversary is, is difficult. And I, I don't know necessarily psychologically if there's been improvements. I, I have to agree with Anthony, my dear friend and colleague. To me, it seems as though transparency in this world, hatred, uh, hatred in this world, it, it seems to me to be escalating as opposed to you know, decompressing. And, and it's, for my family, today was a very difficult day. Um, whether or not they're safer, I, I, I mean, in all reality, let's just take a, you know, a check. That the fact of the matter is it better be safer, but did we curb hatred? Did we curb someone from mental illness? Did we stop mental illness? We're giving guns out there to, to, people that don't deserve guns well, to me i don't know let, my family my family is sad today i'll yeah. tell you that 
And, and we are with you and sharing in that sadness today as a community here in Metro Detroit. Uh, Bill Cusick, these Michigan gun safety reforms that the governor signed into law, uh, this for a long time has been a list that people have wanted in effect, and now it's here in law. Safe storage requirements, universal background checks, extreme risk protection orders. First of all, do you agree that these are good safeguards, guardrails to prevent something like this from happening again? Well, I can't say that they're good. I, I can say that they've existed for quite a while. They've existed in other formats, but we've had all these protections in place for a number of years now. We constantly do background checks. It's mandated as uh, licensed dealers that we have to do that. Um, the federal government, with every firearm that's sold, we have to give them a notice about safe storage. And you've been able to petition somebody in court forever if they were a threat to themselves or to others. But what about the binding orders of a state storage law? For instance, if they hurt someone, there's a felony of five years, $5,000. If they kill someone, we're talking about, uh, what, 15-year prison sentence? That's in the books now. Well, I understand that, Rook, but murder's in the books, right? And it has been in forever, and that's not discouraging any of this. So you can go to, the, to prison for the rest of your life, and that doesn't seem to discourage that many people. So. But I think the issue is how do we really begin to address the underlying violence that is a part and parcel of our culture. We live in a violent society, and we live in a society where people are still have easy access to guns, whether legal or illegally. And we have not yet begun to address underlying issues of mental health awareness, the sickness that people have within their own communities, dealing with the culture of violence. Until we begin to address that, all the laws that we want to pass will do nothing. Emily, you're just kind of shaking your head for a second here. So is your proposal then to just throw your arms up in the air and do nothing? No, my proposal is that we've got to dig deeper in terms of the resources that we use and allocate to address the underlying issues. Making sure we have mental health services and awareness uh, within our high schools, our junior high schools, our middle schools. Making sure that parents Agreed. actually understand what their responsibilities are. The situation in Oxford in many respects could have been avoided if parents had been much more active and proactive in what they were well, doing to protect and, their child. And, and these, these parents are not getting the Parent of the Year Award, and no, I don't want right. to pass judgment on what a court will have to pass judgment on with the parents of this shooter. Uh, but I do want to ask Charlie Langton, when you take a look at the laws that are in place, and you fast forward two years from 2021, um, that shooter doing what he did with all the conditions as they were, does anything change? Well, Today. I, I think there's an awareness now that the school has to take some responsibility, too. And I think that the school was in the best position to prevent the shooting. We just had a, hundred, a couple hundred page report that we all read. And they said that this shooting was preventable. Why? Because there are assessments. Professionals that are supposed to be trained in how to prevent this didn't do the job. And it looks like the law is probably not going to solve that issue. That's a different issue, maybe in the next segment. So but the, we have to take, we have to put the blame where it goes. So and then, there's the, the, the school too. So from one attorney to the other, let's go to Todd Flood. What more needs to be done, Todd? We can put all the prophylactic measures in place. We can put all the laws in place. When people take responsibilities for doing what they're supposed to do and failing to do those acts, when they stand up to do the right thing, you know, that, that I can give an applaud. When you fail and you turn a blind eye to common sense or just a, a monicum of care, think about this. There are so many spots in this tragedy that could have prevented these children from being killed 
or shot from the teachers to the parents to the to the counselor think about it we had red flags every single step of the way before this shooter took actions and it happens all over the country it's not just here but it's it's in our state right now and so and, Emily, and the what? tragedy right now is we sure. need charlie is right charlie's right there is a failure on behalf of the school there's a failure on behalf of these parents and I, we haven't changed anything here to 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 make that behavior so different. emily how then do you feel safer with your son in school today is it because of measures that have been put into place in the last year yes but i think that in the word that was used in the report was it preventable or was it avoidable and i ask the question and challenge people here to think about whether or not it is a school's job to prevent gun violence or is it to recognize a child in crisis with certain shouldn't um, it be both i can answer that question every day of the week twice on sunday yeah if you're a professional and you are trained to recognize a child spiraling out of control yes it's your duty and if you fail in that duty we have laws that are put in and place. And I want to agree with Todd Emily, on ahead. this for a second. Go ahead. And I do. There were things that should have been done, suicide assessment, threat assessment, that for two years the district was, you know, not as transparent as we had hoped they would have been mm -hmm. um, as far as the suicide and threat assessment. So I want to make it clear, I completely agree that that is something from a psychological perspective sure. and recognizing a child in crisis could have been done. But when it comes to preventing gun violence, that to me is a federal or state level responsibility or it Bill, should be accountable. Bill, stricter gun laws, why not? Because uh, they're not going to work. A lot of things are illegal. Fentanyl is illegal and is killing children every day. Right. But maybe this is working. Nothing's happened in the last two years. We haven't had another school shooting like we had in Oxford in we two did. years. Michigan State so maybe, okay, State. I, I understand that. But maybe this is working to some extent. Maybe there would have been more, but for the efforts What's of everybody working, involved. Bill? What's working? Maybe the the efforts of schools to protect the students. When uh, you got some model schools there with some with some great security plans, right? And you've got experts out in the field who are rendering their advice and their opinions. And some of the school districts are taking that, and they're implementing so you those think, plans. You think schools are safer today than they were two years ago? One hundred percent. And it had nothing Absolutely. to do. Does it have to do with the, the laws that are now in the books? No, in they have to do with the physical security and the awareness of the schools themselves. Well, Anthony Adams, does it have anything to do with the laws in the books that the governor signed? No, it doesn't. Why? Because we're talking about we're talking about institutions and structures that are by inherently open to the public and have the people have that access to. The issues of Oxford are completely different from, in a lot of different respects from general violence, which is permeating society, but it did creep in and then be, became a much higher awareness in part because it was Oxford. Had it been Detroit, it would not have been the same type of issue because of the perception of how violence impacts different communities. In so I will, with Emily, so I will say, with regard to mental health, you cannot force somebody to seek help when it comes to mental illness. or. <laughs> anger or despair. But what we can do in the meantime, while we're trying to figure out this collective mental health issue that we have in this country, and especially with our children, we need to limit access so that people cannot get their hands on weapons that shouldn't have those weapons. We wish your family, your Thank son, you. nothing but the best, and all of the Oxford community, Thank I you. want to say, who are watching tonight, if you are watching tonight, because I know it's a tough one, 
we are with you every step of the way. Todd, Flood, Emily, Anthony, Bill, thank you all for joining us. We have a lot more on the other side of the break. This is obviously a tragic anniversary. Two years ago, we all saw these pictures. This important discussion about what needs to be done to prevent anything like this from happening again continues on Let It Rip. Back now in this special edition of Letter Rip, marking two years since the Oxford High School shooting. We're talking about the changes that have been made and the things that still need to happen. I'm joined now by State Senator Rosemary Baer. She lived in Oxford, represented the people of that area as well. She joins us now here today, and we're thankful for that. Attorney Ven Johnson, who represents some of the families of the victims, with us as well. And Chad King with Black Bottom Gun Club is here with us also. Fox 2 anchor and attorney Charlie Langton. We, of course, are thankful that you're here as well. Let's talk about the the two-year anniversary it's a tough one it's so heavy and so hard to think that it's been two years in some ways it feels like a lifetime ago because of the weight of this but in so many ways it's so fresh uh, senator when you look at where we're at today with now the Michigan gun safety reform that was signed into to law are the kids any safer today I want to ask you the same question as I asked the last segment are they more safe today than they were two years ago well, those laws haven't been enacted yet. I don't know if you know that. No, yeah, I was listening yeah. to the first segment, and they're not actually in place yet. They are signed, but they don't go into effect until February. So we don't have any data on the new laws. But, how, but are they safer today, given the fact that the shooting happened at that school district in Oxford? Of course, they have new things that they put into place, new uh, steps that they put into place that they should have had before. Are the kids safer today? Yeah, I think that the, all the school districts in the state now are more aware of the things that they need to do from a, a health perspective with their students, right? It's um, really, schools were always designed to teach they weren't really the owners of the health situation for children, but it's sort of gradually been pushed on to them as a, you know, it's not necessarily a, a rule that they do that, but it's just sort of happening. And so you see a circumstance like Oxford and the school has taken a lot of the heat for what happened because they didn't take action on somebody who needed help. Well, and, and the steps that are in place. And now they're all starting to watch for that. When now. you read the report, right. it indicates that it, that it was the administration that just failed to put, kind of enact and pull the trigger, if you will, on some of the, uh, the, the policies that should have been in place already. And so, Ven Johnson, when you look at that report that came out from Guidepost, um, what was your reaction? And do you think that these new policies in Oxford will keep people safer? We hope, of course, that it will be the case. Well, obviously, we hope and pray. And, and of course, gentlemen and, and lady, I, I just shout out to my clients and all the survivors. What a horrible day for you all to have to endure yet again. Uh, when I saw the report and I saw the conclusions and that the folks who paid for this report being Oxford, and it found it to be preventable, to make sure that's the word that was in the report. Uh, it was, forgive me guys, duh. I've been telling you all this for two years. Why? Because the evidence is crystal clear. We knew some of this literally the night or the day after the shooting. Sheriff Bouchard talked about it. Uh, obviously, Karen McDonald talked about it, that mistakes were made at the school. And then there's this big cover-up that's been going on now for two years until this report comes out. So. That's exactly what we've known to be the problem. And the question, what I would say is, are the kids safer? Who knows? 
But until we hold people fully accountable under the law for the mistakes that were made on this very day two days or two years ago, I don't know that anything has changed, Roop, Charlie, because we're not fully diving into what happened. Here's what we could have done better. Here's what we need to do in the future. What we have is this mishmash, and, and you hope that people are paying attention. Well, let's talk about this for a moment. And the senator pointed out that these laws don't, of course, take effect until February. But the fact that they were passed was done under a lot of enthusiasm for the governor and lawmakers who said something needs to happen here, something needs to change. And so uh, let me ask you, Chad, when you look at the laws that are going to now be enacted, uh, safe storage laws saying, hey, if you hurt someone, it's a felony of five years, $5,000. You got a 15-year prison sentence if you kill someone under the safe storage law that will be in effect in Michigan. Won't that stop? future killings, future shootings from happening? First, I'd like to say that this event was absolutely abhorrent, absolutely reprehensible, and it should never happen in our country. Um, but I will say also that I don't believe that these new laws would make a difference. I don't think that they have made a difference in other places where they exist at, where the ex extreme risk protection orders are at. You still have, rel you can have higher uh, rates of violence. Uh, similar to what Mr. Anthony Adams said, we have a culture of violence that we have to deal with. We're not dealing with root causes. Now, a good thing that we have seen is that uh, uh, the school has been hardened. They've got the, the, the weapons detection system, right? And, and I, to me, it seems like if we can can, if, if we can do these things for corporate spaces, banks, federal buildings, why wouldn't we do but, these things for schools? Chad, I got to go back to the laws, no, though. They're going to be enacted in February. Real quickly, data, the well, safe we, we, storage, we, the no, safe storage you, law. You, you, wouldn't it, wouldn't it raise the threshold and raise the awareness for a parent out there that maybe I shouldn't let my gun, well, uh, I shouldn't gift a gun first of all to to, well, to first someone of all, and let we, them we take already it have a law on the no, books. We, don't. we do have a law on we the books. We do have a law on the books that states that a minor should never be in possession of a firearm unless it's under the explicit instruction of, a, of the parent or a person that the parent designates. That's MCL 28.422, uh, right. subsection 12. That's in effect, but that's, that's, not what, effect, that's not right? what the parents are being there's, charged there's with. No They're rights. not being charged there's with that no one, but what I am saying, there's a law that says that you can't do that, so right? So here's the data piece that you're missing, though, and you're just saying, I believe, I believe. The fact is that in states that have these laws, when Florida put the, the safe storage laws into effect and the extremist protection orders into effect, child? Shootings and injuries by firearm went down 40% the first year. What rates of violence does the state have relative to Michigan? And compare what, what rates of violence does the state of Florida have relative to Michigan in comparison? If we know it went down, Charlie, if we know that it went down according to the statistics from the from Florida, if and that is the states, case, does is that something that, that would the, help? Put the laws in effect. Yes, we need the laws. The laws. Nobody. These are all good laws. There's no question about it. What my problem. Is the, I'm not sure the criminals are reading these laws. I think it does take a culture. You take parents and you take schools. The people that are control of our minors, parents and schools, they're the ones that have firsthand knowledge of what these kids are doing. And yes, they're looking at TikTok violence videos. They're staying up all night. They're texting. They're buying guns. They're shooting. Yes, that's all bad. All these laws, yes, have them. You need them. But the real, you want to prevent this stuff? Parents talk to their kids, 
students, talk to your other students and say, this guy's a little, maybe he has some issues. Let's figure it out. And that is at least a start. I don't know if we can prevent school violence, but we can certainly do a lot to we, we try can, and We can it. take a look at the case we that we're, we've been talking about that brought us yeah. all here today. Gifting a handgun to a minor is illegal, as Chad pointed out. Why aren't the parents being charged with anything with that? Well, the, the I can tell you, the Oakland County prosecutor's ex, uh, argument is to buy a gun for somebody else, which is what happened here, uh, is a federal offense, but not a state offense. Right. That's, but again, guys, I don't do criminal law, so I'll, I'll leave that to the gun experts and the prosecutor, okay? But what we have to do, and I agree, Charlie, it's taken us 47 years, I finally agree with you on one point. <laughs> uh, the fact of the matter is, the parents and the school, we have this thing in Michigan that you all know that as lawyers called in loco parenti. In other words, you're not the actual biological parent, but you become the parent while the kids are at school. You need to step up your game and you cannot bury your head in the sand and sit back and watch governmental immunity, but, which prevents them from being but, held but responsible. Give, but, but but give, you cannot but, do but, that. Vin is talking about money. I'm talking about the criminal. Give Karen McDonald, the prosecutor, some credit here. She's bringing what I believe is a first in this country, charging the parents, not with giving, with manslaughter. Right. That's a, that's because a, that's a, a major people crime die. Here. Children die. Children die. So, so what's the deal? So, so Chad, when you hear this, deal. four counts of involuntary manslaughter, the parents being charged with that right now, What's wrong with that? I don't think anything is wrong with that. I actually I actually do believe that parents should be held accountable. The system should be held accountable. That report by Guidepost said that at every level, at all levels of the district, I quote, that there was a failure and this could have been prevented and avoided, right? At every level of the district, from the board, uh, the school board, to the superintendent, his cabinet, to the staff and administration, it could have been prevented all the way there before any laws were even instituted. What right? more can be done to prevent this from happening, in your opinion? In my opinion, I believe that there is a lack of education around firearms and firearm safety. I believe that there is a lack of uh, uh, seriousness about dealing with mental health challenges. We don't do that enough. We don't do that well enough to deal with the level of violence that we have in this country. Van Johnson, if, is it a mental health issue and a gun issue? It's an all issue. He used a gun, he was mentally ill, and the school thought he was a suicide risk to himself, obviously to himself, and what folks, mental health folks will tell you, if someone has, is seriously uh, interested in hurting themselves, the line between that and homicide can be very, very thin. Senator, what more needs to be done? Well, there's a lot to be done, but I, what we need to do is look at what the rest of the world is doing, right? We are the only country that has this problem. There is a direct correlation between access to guns and the number of guns we have and the amount of gun violence we have. 26 times more homicides with guns in our country than all the other uh, higher income countries like ours. Chad, we have an times. institutional gun problem in America? No, I don't. Gun Why don't you think I that? don't believe we have an institutional gun problem. I think we have a violence problem and firearms are a product of violence. I believe that we have an issue of people 
we have a people problem. It's not a tool problem. It's a people problem. And I think that if we deal but with people, people in, a, in, exist in other countries, too. People are dying because we have the guns. They do exist in other countries. Absolutely. Not like us. No. 26 times. We are 26 times worse. Yeah, well, since you, spoke, since you brought data, up data. You're just saying no, no, what you no, believe. Actually, since you I'm brought up data, I can, facts. I can tell you that. Because when you brought up data, what you failed to recognize is that John Hopkins University actually brought up a study that the uh, universal background checks and the state of California did nothing to reduce the amount of violent crime there. So what we have is data and evidence that shows this. I'm going to have to take a break here because when we come back, we'll have uh, some final thoughts and Charlie's taking let it rip on the road. We'll be right back. Today is the two-year anniversary of the shooting at Oxford High School. How do we prevent school shootings? How much time do we have? I would put in metal detectors to start. Pat the book bags down or whatever. I mean, that's what they would have to do. Armed veterans, absolutely. Put armed veterans in schools. Absolutely, oh yeah. What do parents have to do? Involvement. They need to be more involved. The things they play with in the video games, uh, that has to be a separate arena from real life. What about if kids see something? Should kids police themselves, maybe? Yeah, of course. They always should. We have to make sure that the kids are confident in themselves. Being on social media all day, it can rock your confidence. You know, they say spare the rod, spoil the child. I, I you know, I never agreed with whooping my kid, but something's going to have to be done. I don't know. So what needs to be done? We have about 10 seconds left for each guest. I want to go right to Chad. What needs to be done to stop this? Let's deal with the root causes and work ourselves backwards from the, from the desired outcome through all the possible solutions. And we'll see that when we work ourselves backwards and get to that root cause, it's not a law, it's not a piece of metal or plastic, it's dealing with the human element. Then, I think obviously having mental health like we're talking about now, awareness and teaching, but also letting it known, be known that we're holding everybody accountable criminally and civilly, which includes gun manufacturers, which includes teachers, governmental Senator. Yeah, we made cars safe by regulation. We made a lot of things safe by regulation. We are regulating firearms. We regulate and hold people accountable when they do things that are illegal. On behalf of all of us here at Fox 2, on Charlie's behalf, on my behalf, we wish everyone in Oxford a pleasant and a peaceful night tonight. We're all with you and we're thinking of you.